0: Hello and welcome to the American Talk Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Abrams, and I am so excited to be back with you. Uh, Tonight, we did take a brief uh, hiatus last week as we were off for Labor Day and enjoying time with family. I hope it was restful for yours just as much as it was for mine, but... Welcome back. Uh, We have a lot to go over with that week. Uh, We have a Supreme Court nominee. We have an upcoming election where we got some primary results uh, and football's back and Nike announced an interesting campaign. And so we want to take a look at it just from a marketing perspective and see what they're actually trying to do. So so a packed Agenda for tonight, and we want to hit on it all in a timely manner. But first, just a couple of reminders for my loyal listeners. You know that I am a big proponent of going and rating this podcast, of sharing it with your friends and family. Uh, we've seen an uptick in our our listenership, and uh, it has just been phenomenal to see that growth. So please remember to go continue that. Uh, it has been a huge help. But also remember to uh, you know. A, To donate if if you're just really encouraged about this podcast you're encouraged by what we do buy a t-shirt buy a bumper sticker uh go support us it it really means a lot so we are going to be adding a sponsor for our next uh podcast and we're very excited to announce them but until then every little bit helps so without further ado let's get into our show Just a shorter opening there, because I really want to hit on our Supreme Court nominee, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. As many of you may know, he had his first hearing, and it got a little intense. It's, it's strange to me, but Democrats don't seem too excited to have him as a future Supreme Court justice. They seem a little upset, a little angry. What really made me laugh is Democrats are upset as of right now, or at least they claim they're upset, because 42,000 documents were released the night before his first confirmation hearing. And the Democrats, in true form, requested that the hearing and nomination be put off indefinitely until they had proper time to review the documents. Now, that seems to the average person a fairly reasonable request, but let's take into account some historical factors and also just current items that is that are happening from these Democrats. So, you have Democrats who have already pledged not to vote for this nominee, no matter what, asking for more time to review documents to make sure That they don't vote for the judge? Question mark? To me, it seems a little different. If you've already made your decision, then we really don't need to research much more. Like, when I want to go out to eat, and I pick a restaurant, I basically stop looking at reviews at that point, once I've made a decision. If I decide I don't want McDonald's, I don't want to also go research everything McDonald's does to their food that could be bad. I've already decided I don't want McDonald's. I don't need to worry about that. I'm not having it right now. So presumably, the Democrats simply want more time not to make up their decision, but to try to find more dirt to make sure that he doesn't get nominated. Interesting play. The other major counter-argument is that I am not so old not to remember the passing of Obamacare. Does anybody remember that? There's some really great quotes from then Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, saying, well, in order to read the bill, we need to pass it. In fact, almost nobody read the bill before it was passed. And it was still issued into law. You know, I don't know which one's greater, but I feel like we should probably read all the laws before we pass them. Having every email Judge Brett Kavanaugh has ever sent reviewed, and analyzed, doesn't seem as dire. So Democrats are in true form here. They are yelling at the top of their lungs. They are getting protesters. Uh, in fact, some reports, and I, I haven't confirmed these, and I'm going to put a big asterisk there, but some reports have signaled that Democratic senators might be paying protesters. It, it's Unfortunately, it's kind of a repeat theme, that paid protesters could or could or, or or might not be a thing, but here it definitely could be. There's just a lot of anguish around the Supreme Court nominee, which is interesting because I don't think he's the final one to come from President Trump. Now, I hate this part because this makes me feel like a goon or, uh, or you know. I'm on death watch or something like that. It's kind of a tough thing, but I I believe Ruth Bader Ginsburg will not make it through a Donald Trump presidency. And and I, and I say that as nice as possible. I, I honestly hope she does. I don't want to wish death on, on anyone, but it's clear that if she could last the next six years or I'm sorry, the next two. And if Trump wins election, she would have to last the next six years. That's a tall order for someone uh, as old as she is. In addition, the Senate could also vote to forcibly remove her if she becomes incapable of carrying out her duties. It's a big if. It might not happen. It very well could. We don't know. But all all that to be said is there are several aging Supreme Court justices, and so it'll be very interesting to see how Democrats handle those. Because Republicans could pick up an additional seat outside of Kavanaugh's. So a lot happening there. But really what the Democrats are trying to do is get campaign footage done for them so that they don't have to spend money on it. Because really, and this flows into our second topic, really they're doing this just for midterm elections. That's what they're doing. They're showing that their base, that they're radicalized enough to the left that they're not going to vote on a middle-of-the-road Republican. That's what the Democrats are showing because Democratic mainstream candidates are losing, and they're losing fairly rapidly. In Florida, it was a Democratic Socialist, which is a nice way of just saying a socialist. I mean, (laughs) Democratic Socialist. It's a whole nother term. It's probably a whole nother podcast. It's not really a thing. It, it, it's just also known as a socialist. Uh, socialism is socialism, whether it's voted upon or forced upon. It's still the same idea. So, And it's still proven to be wrong throughout the history of the world. Once again, different topic, but I wanted to make sure we hit on it. Florida, in their governor primary, elected a f- very far left candidate. On the right was a candidate backed by donald trump so there is a ton happening and it'll be very interesting to see how that one plays out but democrats across the board are radicalizing they're moving to the left and so by them getting this campaign message out during kavanaugh's confirmation it seems to energize their base and most polls show that it's working I mean, a lot of polls show that Republicans are in a bad, bad situation come November for the midterm elections. And here's the deal. I don't really believe in polls. I don't know if that makes me an idiot. It could. The argument is very well there. But let me dive into why maybe I don't believe in polls. And the first one comes out of Emerson for... Arizona, currently, they have Martha McSally down eight points against the Democratic nominee. Eight points. That's a lot. That's a ton to have uh, when you think that there's been a Republican senator out of Arizona for like three decades. So Martha McSally will be going up against Kirsten Sinema. And currently, there's that eight-point lead that they're saying Kirsten Sinema has. But let's, let's just look at polling in general. The polls had that Donald Trump was going to lose to Hillary Clinton. They had it pretty well across the board. They had him losing Pennsylvania by three points. They had him losing Florida by about a point and they had him losing Ohio by about a point and a half. So all within the margin of error but significant. They had him losing Wisconsin and Michigan by like three points, by four points and some. And a lot of these bigger polls had him losing by even more. It seemed like there wasn't a chance in heck Donald Trump would become president of the United States. And we all know how that night ended. Donald Trump upset A lot of different polls. And here's why. And this is true across the board. Republicans vote every election. Let me say that again. Republicans vote every election. Their base really does. If you look at Republican turnout year over year, it's essentially the same. There are spikes. Don't get me wrong. Donald Trump did influence a spike that was not seen before. And I don't really know how much Donald Trump did as much as people just really didn't want Hillary Clinton. But that there was a spike. Ronald Reagan famously had a huge Republican spike. It also helped that Jimmy Carter was president before him. So looking at it, though, the Republican base really does vote. A- and they can kind of have, let's just say, a 10% bump for voting. So let's say, you know, 50 Republicans vote every election, and their bump could be five. They might pick up five additional votes, okay? Democrats don't vote. It sounds mean, but it's overwhelmingly true. Democrats only win if two things happen. Minorities, most importantly, go out and vote in droves, or women, go out and vote in droves. The second piece, the the women vote, has been harmful to Democrats in recent years because they always underestimate that some women just want to vote Republican. It's funny to me. But minorities, in large regard, vote Democrat. But here's the thing. Across the board, Democrats just don't go vote. So that's why people really spend a lot of time seeing who's energized, who's going to go out and vote. Is Donald Trump energizing the left or is he encouraging the right to go get those extra five votes? So, as I said, Republicans might get 50 every time and might pick up five or lose five, depending on the election year. Like I think John McCain, uh, as much as I adore him as a human, I think he probably costs Republicans five votes. I think they probably have. They only got 45 votes that year. Mitt Romney probably maybe picked up one and got 51 votes. But Democrats, they might lock in 35 or 40 votes, but their swing could be 20 to 25. It's absurd. And if you look at Obama's elections, he won because minorities went out and voted in droves. I mean, their their pickup was 15 to 20 votes easy across the board. So with these primaries wrapping up, it's important to look at the, the total number of votes, who's voting in each party, and, and see where they're at. The reason is, I think this shows you a lot more than what the polls do. Because remember, the polls are showing that Martha McSally in Arizona is about to lose an election by 8 percentage points. That would be a huge upset. So let's just see if there's just that many more... Uh, that many more Republicans or Democrats voting. So, in the Republican primary which didn't really have the, all that exciting candidates. I mean, it had McSally, Ward, and Arpaio. So I wouldn't get too, too excited. McSally won 53% of the votes, and the total amount of votes simply cast it. The total amount of Republicans who went out and voted in their primary was 503,000 people. That's a pretty good chunk. That's a pretty good chunk, especially when you compare it to the Democratic side, who only had 393,000 people. So they're missing almost 110,000 votes in just the primaries. That's a pretty pretty sizable gap to make up. But it also doesn't stop there. If you look at Texas, and let's see the senatorial group, which has Senator Ted Cruz um, trying to hold on to his spot, and he has to um, take on O'Rourke. And so let's see how, how they did. Because the Democrats really were motivated to get rid of Senator Cruz. It would be seen as a huge, huge uh, you know, turn of events. If they can make Texas give up a Democratic Senate seat, that would be, that'd be huge. It would be a big deal for them. So Democrats had a 1,037,000 people go vote in their primary the Republicans had 1.5 million people go vote in their primary. Now, I'm not saying this is a foolproof way to see how things are going to turn out. But what I am saying is Cruz had a pretty easy re- primary. There wasn't a really contention. And you still had 1.5 million Republicans go out and vote to make sure he was their candidate. Democrats had a lot of players on the board. It wasn't that easy of an election. Okay? Okay. I mean, you still had 246,000 votes casted for Hernandez. So you had people actively campaigning in Texas to go get people to vote, and they still couldn't put up half a million votes that Ted Cruz got. Ted Cruz is supposedly losing in several polls by two to three percentage points. So I know I've hit on it for a while, but I'm not seeing the blue wave in just the generic election numbers. Who's going out and voting? Now on real election day Republicans will have an additional turnout but Democrats might have you know a multiplication they might get double. It's hard stretch in those two states. Arizona just doesn't have that many Democrats and I don't really believe Texas does either. So there's going to be a lot to be seen but those two seats are, are Arizona is considered a swing state and so is Texas. So it'll be very interesting to see how those play out. I think they're safely Republican, and I think the Senate will remain a Republican Senate. The House, however, could easily flip for Democrats. There's a lot of smaller elections, a lot of smaller candidacies, so we're going to have to keep a close eye on that one, and, and we'll continue to do so. But I wanted to make sure that everyone saw that Republicans are going out to vote in droves. And it doesn't seem like Democrats are being able to energize their base. Well, moving on, we want to hit on Nike. So Nike announced that Colin Kaepernick will be the face of their new campaign. Uh, And it made a lot of people just stop and wonder, like, why? (laughs) Just high-level why? And it kind of gets better because the slogan itself, it just makes you wonder why. So here's the slogan. So I'm sure most of you have seen it. It's believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Let me just say that one more time. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Now, there's a lot of problems with that slogan. But the first one is that that's the worst advice anyone's ever given him. And just across the board. If someone walked up to you and just said, well, hey, man, believe in it, even if it means sacrificing everything. And you're like, "Okay," I would just question your train of thought. I would say here at the American Talk, we believe in a lot of a lot of things, a lot of high uh, ordeals. I mean, we we believe in God. We we believe in the Bible. We believe that Christ came, died, and and, and rose from the dead. So there's a lot, high level, there's a lot that we believe, and there's a lot we are willing to sacrifice to, you know, protect that. But within that belief is the fact that it's been vetted, that it's been fought out, that it's been an internal conflict. It's something that we've observed, our faith, but we've also seen historical proof in, in items like that. It's, it's not just something we flippantly believe in. Does that make sense? So it's that believe in something. Well, no, believe in the right thing. And, and that's what, at the American Talk, we believe. We believe we believe in the right thing. We think people should be civil when they talk politics that you should show both sides, but that you should also come down and say, no, this is the right side. Simple belief in of itself is not fulfilling, and it's not good, right? At at what age does a kid believing in Santa Claus get slightly annoying? You know, up until the age of five, you know, it's kind of cute, At about the age of 13, it's probably somewhat annoying and concerning. And then when it's like 25, you're probably putting them into a mental hospital. Their belief in something doesn't make them a better person. And they could sacrifice a lot. They could have a genuine sacrifice for wanting to believe in Santa Claus. But it doesn't make them better. And it doesn't make them worthy of a campaign message. But the second piece is that they're insinuating that Colin Kaepernick sacrificed everything. That is false. He did choose to make some very bad business decisions. Kneeling during the National Anthem didn't motivate owners to go out and sign him. But the fact that his arm strength had been shown to be going downhill, that he was not performing well on the football field and that he was starting to add as a mental headache for the whole entire National Football League did not help his case for being re-signed. It had very little to do with just him kneeling for the National Anthem. The 49ers were posting losing record after losing record. There was not a coach in the NFL who would tell you that their team was better with Colin Kaepernick starting. Now, the case can be made that he should have gotten a backup. And here's the thing. John Elway, the GM for the Denver Broncos, did offer a backup position to Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick turned it down uh, for various reasons. The point I'm trying to make is that I, I, I've seen families, i known families who've sacrificed everything. And, and you, you want to know what it looks like? You want to know what it sounds like? It's hard. It reminds me of Denzel Washington. He was sitting around a group of actors, and they were talking about how hard acting was. And they were sitting in their ivory tower talking about how difficult their day-to-day was making movies or or being on the stage performing. And it finally got to Denzel Washington, and he's like, acting is not hard. That's all he said. And they kind of pressed him. He's like, no, no, no. Saying goodbye to your son as he goes off to war, that's hard. Not getting, not having him come home, that's Like, impossible. Acting isn't either one of those. Acting isn't hard. Go see what the troops have to do day in and day out. That's hard. And that's how I feel with this campaign. The only person who I think could have pulled that campaign off, that slogan off, is Villanueva, the left tackle for the Steelers. Guy graduated from West Point. He spent years in the Army, being a ranger. The guy knows what it looks like to sacrifice everything, and he was willing to sacrifice everything. The only other person outside of that, like Pat Tillman, a guy who did sacrifice everything. And I know Pat Tillman probably isn't a supporter of President Trump, and he might even support Colin Kaepernick. But it's clear that Pat Tillman did sacrifice more for his nation than Colin Kaepernick could even dream. I can't stress that enough. And I think what Nike inadvertently did is they made sacrifice seem like such an easily attainable thing. When in its very essence it is not. It is a it is something that only a select group of people in our society actually do day in and day out. And it's a shame. It's a shame they chose to do that. So, you know, I, I, I kind of felt like harping on it because I think from a marketing standpoint, you just had two really bad sentences. Believe in something. No, believe in the right thing. Don't just believe in something because you want to believe in it. That, that, doesn't make sense and it's very, very bad advice. Believe in the right thing. Even if it means sacrificing everything, but Kaepernick didn't sacrifice. And that's kind of where the the internet world is at. Like who sacrificed what? You, Kaepernick sacrificed? I mean, we just don't see that. We don't see that even a little bit. And I think one day maybe these people in their ivory towers might actually look down to Main Street and realize that there are people sacrificing, and it's hard. And there's a reason why it's gotten a little bit easier, and his name is President Donald Trump. Median incomes up, unemployment's at 3.9%, the lowest it's been in, like, modern history. Taxes are down. It's gotten a little bit easier for us on Main Street, and you're telling us that we shouldn't like that guy. I, you know, I'm sorry. It, it's hard not to because I've seen these families, I've seen these people engage and it's hard. They're having to sacrifice a lot. You know? The dad who works two jobs to make sure his wife doesn't can stay home with the kids or the single mom. You know that's hard, that's sacrifice. Kaepernick signing a multi-million dollar you know marketing campaign. Because he knelt during a national anthem while he made millions of dollars. To me, that seems very easy. In fact, I, I would do that as well. Where, where do I sign up? That's not sacrifice. Not even a little. You know, I, I've, I've had to say goodbye to loved ones. Not sure that I would see them again. In fact, my brother went to Afghanistan. My brother before him went to Iraq. You know, those times are hard. And it's unexplainable. I would have much rather either one of them play pro football in the NFL, and I just had to explain why they were kneeling for the national anthem. That would have been much easier than having to say goodbye to them, wondering if I was going to be able to see them again. So I really hope Nike takes a step back and thinks about what the word sacrifice means. But also what they're encouraging their consumer base to believe in. Because there, there is a thing about believing in the right thing. There's a lot of people around the world who believed in something, but it was wrong. And the easiest one, right, the easiest one is to go to the Hitler argument. Hitler believed in something. And he sacrificed everything for it. But he was a terrible, terrible person. Because he didn't believe in the right thing. Summit Ministries kind of coined this idea, but I really like it. And it's pretty simple ideas have consequences. Good ideas have good consequences, bad ideas have bad consequences. We've seen it throughout the history of the world. When people believe in good things, there are good consequences, there is fruit from their labor. When they believe in bad things, bad consequences happen. And I'm not even saying that Kaepernick believes in something that is bad. But what I am saying is that believe in something in of itself is a terrible idea. Believe in the right thing. And that's really how I wanted to end this podcast. I don't have a ton of you, but to my listeners, believe in the right thing. And go and and do the right thing. There's a lot this world needs. But what it doesn't need is just for people to believe in something. Go encourage them to believe in the right thing. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm trying to keep these podcasts short and concise. I think I did a little bit of a better job for it tonight. Uh, Football is back. There's a lot happening. uh, But overall, it doesn't really seem like there's a a lot of national anthem protesters out there. And And the media in of itself isn't really spotlighting them anymore so it might be might be worth to go uh you know crack on the the tube and 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 to watch some football i know i'm excited to have it back but there's a lot there Uh, we will be back next week we'll be covering uh, a various amount of topics uh one is going to be historical view of our foreign policy throughout the years i'm very excited to roll it out that one is set in stone i will be doing that Uh, and the reason is because uh syria will be heating up in this next week um at least i believe it will i think you're going to start seeing some actions from the syrian government that's going to provoke the american government and i want to explain why syria doing anything even provokes the american government so Please remember to share this podcast, rate, subscribe, go ask questions at theamericantalk.com, go buy a bumper sticker, um, You know, tell your friends, let them know that we're out there. I think we're filling a consumer group that just wants unbiased news or at least wants something that's not just screaming and yelling. I hope we provide that. I think we do. Um, but, but please let them know we're out there. We're doing a lot to try to market. We're trying to work with Instagram and, and and get more, uh, you know, Google analytics, but there's a lot in there and it's going to be slow to move out. And the easiest way to get someone to our platform is just to have someone like you go out and let them know we exist. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week and keep the conversation going.